there, and welcome to this week's podcast, Money Mindset for Food Business CEOs, Doing the Money Thing. Okay, we're going to start in on doing money, and this week we're going to talk about paying for money. What the heck do I mean? Tune in and find out. Welcome to Food Safety University. I'm Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele, and this is the one podcast where you can get everything you need to know about food safety and how to run a food manufacturing plant for all of those small and local food manufacturers. If you are into local and sustainable food and agriculture, this is the podcast for you every week. We cover new and original ideas around how to get the most out of your HACCP planning and how to get your plant up and running and continue running in a way that fulfills your dreams. So grab a pen and paper because every week you're gonna need it. See you on the inside. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's podcast. I am super excited that everybody's here and I'm super excited for how much everybody loves the Money Mindset for Food Business CEO series that we are doing. It is lovely to hear all of your feedback and I'm super grateful for it. Uh, Pat, you know, I got to tell you, um, leaving a five-star review, uh, sharing the podcast makes a huge difference difference and uh, I'd love it if you shared this with your friends. So anyway, so the what we're covering this summer is of course money mindset for food business CEOs. And we have gone through, I think this is like the sixth episode that we're doing and there are going to be a couple of more after this. And we've covered an awful lot of things in the Uh, work that we have done together and I'm very fascinated uh, by the changes that I see my clients implementing as a result of this work so thanks for sharing those with me it's pretty it's pretty amazing and and you know last week we talked about paying for money and we talked about debt and I wanted to do that and talk about debt mindset first uh, because it has a lot to do with uh, what we're talking about today. So today we're talking doing the money thing and paying for stuff. And what the heck? What do we, you know, like paying for stuff. There are like things you have to pay for in your uh, in your business, in any business, right? In your life. And... Uh, we often, you know, and the reason I separated out paying for stuff uh, uh, versus paying for money. So paying for money is debt. Paying for paying for stuff for many of us accrues debt. Not all of us have three quarters of a million dollars to drop on a new packaging line. And so that's why we're doing this as a as a separate podcast because. There, there are some things that hitch in our brains when it's when we start thinking about paying for stuff, and I want to address those in this week's podcast. Um, so, paying for stuff includes all different sorts of expenses. Now, we often think of capex, and then we think of opex. So, capex is capital expenditures. Those are depreciable assets. Uh, Those are hard assets, if you will. They show up on your balance sheet. 
And then you have operating expenses. Uh, okay, um, I probably don't have to remind you, but I will anyway. All businesses live and die on cash flow. <laughs> okay, and so what ends up uh, what ends up happening is is even if you secure the money uh, for capex. Sometimes you are left up a creek and freaking out because you don't have enough money for OPEX. And uh, paying for stuff can be either CapEx or OPEX. And you've got to understand your money mindset between both of those things because I find it can be really, really different. And let me just let me just like start with my own example because I too run a business, right? Derigo Food Safety is my consulting business, and my product is Food Safety University. And there is not a great deal of capex associated with that. And even over on the locker side of the house, when I have like a physical product, I don't do a lot of the investing because I or like in capex because. I'm essentially a seller's agent, right? And I I have a manufacturer that I wrap uh, with that. So with that in mind, what the um, what we're looking at is um, what do you think about your long-term investments? So for me, my long-term investments are generally. Um, not their their services. Like I still in my mind classify them as capital expenditures because, for example, uh, when I go to continuing education, that's an investment in my business. When I invest in new software, that's a capital expenditure in my business. So we just migrated Food Safety University to a Kajabi backend. Um, and I, I think I pay $200 a month or something for Kajabi. Um, and there was a, there was a, a capital expenditure. Now, the, the dollar figures that I'm throwing out are not high enough to trigger depreciation. But um, there are things that you can invest in. There are softwares and, and, and services and things that you can invest in that can trigger capital depreciation. Um, check with your finance professional, which is not me, <laughs> about that. So when we think in food manufacturing about CapEx, it's the things that you, that you buy that are um, longer term investments, okay? And, uh, you know, like pieces of equipment, um, uh, facility, facility uh, upgrades and expansion are, are pretty good examples of CapEx. Um, new vehicles, uh, CapEx, that sort of, and, and that sort of thing. So anything, anything that's really going to be a fixed cost is generally, I think, considered a, a capital expenditure, right? And you have a mindset around your capital expenditures. And for many people, it's a very practical, I want to say, mindset around capital expenditures. And what that means is, is that they think about buying a new piece of equipment and your brain pretty much automatically goes to averaging out that new piece of equipment into how it's going to affect the business and how much more you're going to be able to produce and how much it's going to be able to to, to cost out um, and profit and all that sort of stuff. And a lot of times we approach capital investment as, um, as an investment, right? That you are buying revenue essentially by, invest, by investing in capital expenditures, right? It's a pretty, it's a, you know, like I like to think of it as a pretty healthy way to, to, to look at things.
But CapEx without OpEx um, doesn't really do you a whole lot of good. And OpEx, um, because of how we look at it, and we generally look at OpEx on a profit and loss, on whatever your monthly profit and loss is, that OpEx then looks like expenses. And then all of a sudden, we are looking at monthly expenses, payroll expenses, liability insurance expenses, uh, supply chain expenses. You got to like buy stuff in to make your stuff, right? And we have, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with people and they're like the most important thing that a plant manager can do is control expenses in the plant, which I think is bullshit. Uh, um, and if you've hung around me for any length of time, it's bullshit. Um, because the if you only look at your OPEX line and your um, line items as, as expenses that need to be contained or cut, you can't cut your way to a profitable business in the long term. Sure, you can do anybody can do anything in the short term, right? But in the long term, your operating expenses have to leverage your capital expenses, okay? And so the you have to get to a mindset around how you pay for stuff, okay? Now, we do all the work around here around the six-step process, right? And you're going to form your team. I have a very novel idea for you, okay? And this is a little woo and I totally get it and I'm totally fine with it. But what if your expenses are an entity and they are on your team, <laughs> okay? Like, what if, in my case, Kajabi is a teammate of mine? Now, they're software as a service, and they would adore me calling them a, a, a teammate. Not, they're not getting paid. Like, I'm not getting paid for any of this, right? But what if the first step is looking at all of those line items in your P&L, right? Whether it's in QuickBooks. I keep track of mine in, a, in software called YNAB. That's how I budget, okay? What if all of those expenses are your teammates, <laughs> okay? And step one is form your team, like say, hey, team, I really like you. Now, here's the deal. It's the, as I record this, it's the Olympics. So if you're listening to this later, that just gives you some context that the, that the Tokyo Olympics are, are coming around, right? And everybody is talking about Simone Biles. And the question, she's the captain of the American gymnastics team. She got the twisties midair during one of her vaults. And, um, uh, she she like pulled herself from competition because I can only imagine how frightening it is to be hurtling your body through space and not know where the hell you are. Okay, and so like there is a ton of judgment coming down on her, which she is hopefully ignoring. And um, but then there was a, a picture in today's I think it was in the New York Times where you know she withdrew from one section of the competition for mental health reasons. But she was like out there cheering on her teammates because she is in such command of her mindset. She recognizes that her own personal demons and all the things that she has lived through, right, which is a considerable number and many higher hurdles than most of us will ever thankfully ever have to live through, right? But she is out there cheering on her teammates. She loves her teammates 
And I have seen commentary that people are like, oh my God, those those teammates are gonna, you know, like take the gold from her. Well, they're not taking the gold from her. And she would never consider, I, I, I don't really want to put words in her mouth, but I'd be very surprised if she would ever consider her um, actual teammates as anything other than teammates. Now, the parallel with your OPEX is, is that what if they're, what if you had the same mindset that your OPEX is teammates? And let's just... Let's just take, you know, like packaging because the the money mindset conversations about packaging are fascinating to me. Okay, so you have all of this packaging. And one of the things that you got to design the packaging, you got to order the packaging, all this sort of stuff. Okay, and one of the things that fascinates me the most about packaging, and this happens all of the time, and this happens when, um, especially in transitions, you know, when you're selling the company or you're buying somebody else's company or you're selling a line is the packaging companies, it is in their best interest, okay, to sell you as much packaging as possible. So they give you a volume discount, right? And everybody wants to get a good price. And so you look at the volume and the price per, excuse me, bag or label or whatever the packaging is, right? And you say, ooh, that's a really good price. Some Okay, but what you fail to factor in is... Uh, when you buy that stuff and say you buy, and this literally happened, I had a client that bought 10,000 packet, like, like bags, 10, they're called 10K bags for smoked salmon. Okay. 10,000 packages of eight, and it was like eight or 10 ounce packages and all the cardboard, you know, that gold foil cardboard that goes with it. It is a non-trivial task to store that much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And in fisheries, HACCP, you know, receiving and storage of, of things that are food contact surfaces is a critical control point, right? So they had to store all of that packaging. And if you looked at their volume, okay, um, and they probably processed 200 sides of fish um, in, uh, in a week, um, and that was like on a really super solid week and they didn't produce 365 days a year by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, they had, they, you know, they, they had seasons, uh, right? And they mostly produced for the high season. And of course they like froze and everything, but still they weren't producing year round, right? And so if you look at a high season at the, at the most, okay, it is, um, it is, uh, if, they're, if they're producing 200 packages a week for, say, 20 weeks, just to make the math easy, that's 4,000 packages. Um, they had bought like 10,000 of them. That's two and a half years worth of production. And they have to keep all of that around and not eaten by the mice in two and a half years. But damn, didn't they get a good price per package, uh, right? Um, and, and so the the mindset on that is one of, frankly, scarcity. That they uh, that they they were afraid of not having that inventory. They were afraid. People love inventory. Okay, it makes them feel safe. It makes them feel secure. 
And I'm not a proponent of just-in-time inventory management, which I think, you know, you can you can listen to my podcast on that. I'm not a proponent of just-in-time, um, for you know, especially with the margins that other manufacturers have uh, in food processing. Because, you know, like, frankly, uh, the cow's got to get milked every day. You got to collect eggs every day. Just-in-time is not really supposed to be a thing in food manufacturing, okay? So people uh, aggregate inventory. Now, there is a difference between just in time and having and and having basically no emergency uh, supply chain inventory and having two and a half years of inventory, right? And the difference is the mindset. Frankly, both of them are a scarcity mindset. <laughs> and both of them are eschewing or, or resisting the concept of team, uh, okay? And when you're, when you are, well, frankly, when your packaging manufacturer is recommending that you buy two and a half years worth of packaging, they are also in a scarcity mindset. Um, and they are also not embracing the concept of team. So step one, find a packaging manufacturer that like embraces the concept of team. <laughs> okay. Um, and look to, look to team, uh, look to team when you are trying to solve in this example, packaging, uh, and packaging levels, because you've got to pay for that. Okay, so if that's your team, that's amazing. Okay, and and what's your mindset around your packaging as part of your team? Teams have to perform to a certain level. That's your specifications, right? Um, and teams have to be ready to solve the problems that need solving, which of course is uh, is is step number two. Is what problem are we solving here? Okay, so with with opex. The, um, the, the habitual response, the baseline response with a lot of people is to think of it as, as an expense and we got to cut expenses, right? It's, it's like almost practically built into the name. Is that truly the problem that you are solving? Because there are very few business problems that cannot be solved, uh, with, with more revenue. Okay. So decide what problem you're solving. Right. And then of course, step three is decide who you're solving it for. Okay. If you are solving your stuff problems from a sense of inadequacy, a sense of scarcity and a sense of being hella broke, right? This is not a long-term solution. Now we can't always make choices for long-term solutions. I totally get that. Right. But, but like, who are you solving the problem for? Because if you're solving it for a short-term solution because some crisis has happened, have you looked at the root cause of that crisis so that you're not continually there when it happens again in a month, uh, right? What is, you know, how are you, how are you addressing solving the root cause of a problem and for whom you're going to solve that for? Because it might very well be you, uh, Right. And then once you know for whom you're solving everything, then you got to go decide how you're going to solve it. Okay. And this is again, where team comes into play. Who are your teammates and figuring out the how? And once you know that, then just going out and doing it is of course really fairly easy. And what does doing it look like from an OPEX perspective or a CAPEX perspective? Looks like either it's, it looks like really what it looks like is making a strong decision. 
It looks like deciding and then stopping deciding. You go execute, right? And then you 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 finish the process in step six, which is by evaluating. Because the truth of the matter is, and you guys hear me say this all the time, is the fastest way to profit is plenty of decision making. All the decisions. Make all of the decisions you can, especially when it comes to your CapEx and your OpEx and the stuff you are going to buy, because you can then evaluate. And it's how you that is how you grow. So when you are looking at paying for stuff. Another thing you can do is look to see what part of the what part of the six step process you used before you bought all the stuff that you have right now or all the inventory that you have right now and ask yourself what worked, what didn't work and what are you going to do differently? Maybe that's the first thing that you do with your team. Okay? So, that is money mindset and paying for stuff. Thank you everybody for joining me on the podcast this week. I love you all. Have a week full of awesome and we'll see you here next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Food Safety University podcast. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, I want you to go to dirigofoodsafety.com and go check out all the things that we have. If you haven't gotten your HACCP download, go get that or book a call with me and let's talk about getting you into Food Safety University. I'll see you on the inside.